tilted folks the game is rigged and nobody seems to notice nobody seems to care good honest hard-working people white collar blue collar doesn't matter what color shirt you have on that's what the owners count on the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant because the owners of this country know the truth it's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it it's a big club and you ain't in it you and I are not in the big club. Most people, Mike, only care about what's 50 feet from their door. What people don't understand is we're in the middle of war, and the war is for your conscious mind. We've all been influenced by these types of operations or information warfare. Psychological warfare is the most powerful type of warfare that can be implemented in a battle. It's the most insidious type of warfare because it's designed to change a person's entire perspective, short term or long term, that's not to be reversed. Well, most people, if they want to really dumb it down, they just say PSYOP is marketing. I don't dumb it down that way because few marketing campaigns cause other people to kill other people. So only PSYOP does that. Hollywood, advertising, music, sports, gaming, social media, all of those things are tools. All those things are tools that they use to message. Now, are they good or bad? That depends on who's behind the message. And that depends on who's driving the narrative. And that battle's been going on since the beginning of time. Don't listen to Mike Flynn. Listen to this guy. Listen to a Dr. Harari, or listen to a Klaus Schwab, or listen to some of these other leaders that are part of this organization. Those are two that are very public, and they're on record with their ideas, their timelines, and their capabilities. It's very real. You don't even have to take my word for this stuff. You can go to uh, NQTEL and look up their articles about artificial intelligence, what they're planning on doing with the artificial intelligence in the space of voting. You can go to OpenAI's website, look at the headline, what they say. They want to steer us in the right direction, okay? Who gets to determine what's good for mankind? Only the truth stands up to questioning. So you should never, ever mind being challenged or questioned. So when people say all the time, how do I find the truth? That's how you find it. Challenge it, question it, test it. And what's left standing is the only thing that matters. If you look at the arc of history, the most powerful, the wealthiest, the most connected people in the world, they never in the end are left standing. 
because it's always a small group, a small virtuous group that has unmitigating faith, that stands for truth, that stands for freedom, that will stand up to these folks. I jumped out of the darkness, rose into the light. I was searching for someone, and you were by my side. Welcome back to the Mel K Show. Uh, my guest today, I have met around the country. He goes around and, and talks to people and kind of has, has them uh, empower themselves with knowledge and understanding of what is going on on our in America, but geopolitically. And certainly we are in some kind of cognitive warfare and information war. And he's one of the best people out there to help people kind of find their way through and uh, balance themselves and keep them uh, in a place where they are able to function and, and fight through it in the best way possible. I'm honored to welcome Brian Gamble to the show. Thank you for joining me, sir. Thank you, Mel. Thank you for coming. This is exciting. Uh, please tell my audience a little bit about you and your background. It's really, uh, you've been uh, around and you know a lot of what's going on way better than most. Sure. So my background, I guess, you know, in regards to what we're talking about today, really started in my military career. Right. And uh, I, joined, I joined the military with a certain set of skills that wasn't really, um, you know, something a lot of people had in the military. So I was I was rushed up into this training program, uh, shipped around the country, ended up in the wars uh, that uh, then President Bill Clinton was waging and uh, was in the space of an analyzing data. So an analyst position and um, so setting up connections, analyzing data, giving reports. So I was young. I was 19 years old and uh, I, I was looking at it from the first time in a military capacity, normally right before then was the Gulf War. And, you know, I had always watched it from my couch in the United States of America. So it really being there in the war with that access, you know, I had a high classified clearance. It was a cosmic top secret clearance and uh, which in essence gave me access to not only our secrets, but the secrets of NATO. So I was able to understand information, not only as it was coming in from our intelligence apparatus from the United States, yeah. but the British, the French. So, so it gave me a really, I mean, it was, I was thrust into this world of information. And uh, I, I talk a lot about this in the movie, Into the Light, Mike Smith's movie, but, um, but it, it became me watching what the media was saying opposed to what I was looking at in the intelligence and in the information. And it shocked me, you know, at the, I guess you could say I was red-pilled back in 1995 around Christmas time, but I was watching the media create a narrative that just wasn't aligning with the information. And what struck me even more odd was that it wasn't just the United American media and the British media, but it was the Japanese media. It was all these foreign media outlets. Now, I'm a rational person. I said, well, you know, if it's, a, uh, you know, three or four American media outlets, I can see them, you know, kind of organizing their, their statements, organizing what they're saying. Yeah. But all these multinational news networks were literally saying the same thing. 
And it just startled me. Like, why? Number one, it's not most of what they're saying is not true. But number two, they're all saying the exact same talking points from the same cards. And luckily, I had a seasoned Dutch military guy, officer, who was kind of talking to me about why they, and I'm like, why is that? Why are they all saying the same things that aren't true? And he was like, what, you never watched your former President Eisenhower's farewell speech about the military industrial complex. And at the age of 19 in 1995, I'm thinking, like, I've never heard of that before in my life, you know. And uh, so he he had turned me on, put me down, I guess what you could say, my first rabbit hole of trying to figure out what he was talking about, why why this was going on. But I also started picking up what they were trying to tell the world, what narratives they were trying to shape about the war that we were involved with. And a lot of it had to do, you know, with, with staging a genocide, good people, bad people, must fight the bad people. But when you would actually be there in the war and you would look at this intelligence, eh, you know, it was who the bad guy was, who the good guy was, wasn't always black and white, you know, and, and then also something that had, you know, the Russia times picked up on recently, as I started talking about it again, was the CIA's involvement with getting involved with bad actors, you know, terrorists to go and train them and be involved with, to some degree, hunt, kill missions against the Serbs. And so, you know, me again, Center the Central Intelligence Agency. There was there were there were terms in the intelligence that I was looking at. It didn't make sense to me what it was until they later declassified these terms. And then I said, Oh wow, that's what that was, or that's what this was. And and it just it just reaffirms what a lot of people suspect, which is there are shadow elements of our government operating with impunity, without oversight. Right. But without congressional budget approvals, you know, involved in these operations all over the world. And some of those operations were shaping people's minds. Yeah. And um, then you start realizing the narratives that I had learned about and started studying about so much in the military. I realized that the media in the United States and entertainment in the United States were following a lot of those similar shaping patterns. And because again, that's what we were good at as analysts is looking for patterns, looking for similarities, you know, baselining. So that that was really when I just started going into this. I've got to tell, I've got to tell my citizens about what's going on. So I was jumping in at the time, news groups, college news groups. There wasn't there was no social media then. Yeah. It was just jumping in where I could jump in, setting up accounts you know, communicating with people, Q&A, kind of trying to be the oracle to a lot of people that were waking up. Honestly, the only people that were that I could find really speaking out about that at the time, they had no platform. But there was an Alex Jones. He was a, a some local guy in, you know, Texas. There were there some people out there trying to do this. Right. But there really was no mass media platform unless you wanted to go to some coast-to-coast UFO thing, you know, and you right, wanted yeah. to talk about Right. But but there was real no medium for us to talk about what was going on that I had witnessed. Right. So it was a it was a tale of how you know they the military and I became not good friends. Um, back then, 
it's kind of like now with COVID, if you didn't get the vaccine, you risk being kicked out. You were kicked out of the military. Yeah. You know, back during the Bill Clinton administration, they didn't have that, but they had something else called the Reduction in Forces Act. What that was is if they did not want you serving in his military, they would put you on that list under the guise, well, we needed to reduce the size of our forces, and you were on the fast track out of the military. Wow. Me being a very vocal opponent about what Bill Clinton was doing in the, in the uniform, I was fast tracked out of the military. I mean, it was ridiculous. And especially with somebody with my skill set, which was again, very unique in the fleet. Not many people had the skill set. There, there was no logical reason why they would want to part ways with me. Honestly, before I became very verbal, they I had known what was laid out in front of me career-wise. And it was a very elevated career path. I mean, to Iceland. I mean, I, I just remember sitting in bars in, in Rotterdam and in, in Holland. Right. And hearing captains talking about, oh, no, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. Until I became vocal about what I had experienced later on. Yeah. So that was really the core beginning of my background as an analyst in the military, um, you know, ushered out of the military under this Reduction in Forces Act. And then me trying to find a way to warn society about the military industrial complex in the, in the late 90s. Um, through many different means and methods, but um, leading up to a more current evolution of what I, with President Trump becoming president, you know, what he was experiencing in Washington in the early days, yeah. you know, I, me wanting to, you know, I was involved with the Tea Party, doing the stuff with the Tea Party, but that kind of went away. But I was doing my own thing to kind of counter John Kerry, John Edwards when they were running, you know, countering all this stuff. But but when President Trump came into office, I saw the first candidate who was really not a politician. You know, the right. last the last person I really got behind was Ron Paul in that sense. But I saw President Trump, you know, then candidate Trump. I said, I, you know, I've got to do everything that I can to help this man throw the grenades in D.C. And and then when we started seeing him attacked and attacked and attacked, you know, I, I just kind of organized again stage free speech our first event was right there by the, the white house you know yeah. like as much as we we could make so that's really where i came from and where i pretty modern landing of where i'm at now yeah so. yeah and um and, and that you do analyze data and look at patterns is, is a unique gift that you have and you've been able to use it's interesting you bring up the tea party because i've been doing a lot of work on what um what went on in 2015, 2016. Um, there's new information about it, but we've been reporting on it for seven, uh, four years at least about uh, what happened leading up to Crossfire Hurricane. And so these are new revelations to some people that John Brennan and the CIA were working with the Five Eyes agencies to bump uh, people all over the country to create the illusion that there was collusion and then later come in and write a report that there was collusion when they're the ones that created it. Very uh, patterns, things that you you talk about and, and every one now kind of uh that at least follows us can see but what you're talking about with the well, tea you're party, saying terms but, that your listeners may not pick up on but you're saying terms that tells me you're very knowledgeable in what you're talking about 
Because yeah. a lot of I these try. terms people don't realize. So, yeah, my yeah. my audience uh, gets a lot of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, we just had on George Papadopoulos, who was basically, uh, you know, a patient zero of Crossfire Hurricane and his wife. And they were talking about this. So these new revelations are not new. They're just new to a, a different audience because there's more of a left wing or former left wing um, journalist pointing out that something's very, uh, you know, unsavory here. But going back to the Tea Party, because people don't realize a lot of this happened then, the actual the weaponization under Obama and Holder uh, really took the Patriot Act, which I think is the most unconstitutional thing that ever happened to America, and put it uh, on steroids. So when the Patriot Act was being attacked through the IRS, this was through a new division, I believe, that Obama and Holder created that most people don't even know exists right now, the Department of Justice National Security Division, which you were talking before about how some of these divisions have zero oversight. There is... We have three branches of government. It appears after the Patriot Act and, and under Obama, they created a fourth one for intelligence that isn't supposed to exist and has no oversight. Do you, is that what we're dealing with now? Is that they, they've actually created a, a intelligence branch that is is not not accountable to anyone? Yeah, I mean, after, like you said, after 9-11, the Patriot Act was passed. And what that did was took all the safeguards of foreign intelligence, important intelligence gathering, and it applied it to American citizens. So then you, you, you started seeing this fourth branch of government take shape and this spying on Ameri the American public take shape. And then you had whistleblowers like Bill Binney, uh, right. Edward Snowden, people like that coming forward and talking about platforms like PRISM and NSA intel, you know, spy operations, FISA, the, all these things, all these platforms started coming into play as tools, but ultimately it's, it's, it's mostly within the CIA and the NSA. That right. is, you know, the FBI, we could talk about that, but, but um, when it comes to spying and, and the, the, the tactics that they're used to using overseas against, you know, adversaries, they now see us as adversarial. Right. So they're turning these tools of in intelligence gathering against us as American citizens. It was the first time that they were doing that so openly, because if you go back since you were you knew about the Tea Party, maybe people forget. I believe that they were using the same exact rhetoric, and it was actually Holder and the IRS at the time that kind of went after them. But they were using the same rhetoric they use about Trump supporters now about that group and kind of turned them into terrorists at the time. If I recall, I think even Joe Biden did a press conference where he called the Tea Party actual terrorists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like he's calling uh, MAGA terrorists, you know, right, MAGA same Republicans. Rhetoric. Yeah. Same rhetoric. You know, you just take a word out, you put a word in, same playbook. What what was her name? Lois Lerner, the yes. IRS. Yeah. You know, was weaponizing the IRS against patriot groups all around the country, not approving nonprofit status, just just the most heinous crimes. And and now you're starting to see again 87,000 IRS agents. Right. You know, this is not to go after millionaires and billionaires like they're selling it. Well, we need more revenue, so we need more agents to go after the rich people. No, they're coming after middle class Americans who support President Trump. Full stop. Full stop. Right. That's what right. it's all about. So yeah. same playbook, different people, different different terms. But, yeah, it's the same playbook. Yeah, I keep saying that um, because when you when you look at some of this stuff, especially from the intelligence community, it does appear that there's actually a fifth column above them all because there is a 
because um, I've been looking into who's really writing these Trump cases. This is coming from Lawfare. It is coming from, I believe, the same exact people that spied on him, the Mueller team, the Crossfire Hurricane team, the impeachment team. There's a group of people, I call Eisen Weissman, I know I say their names on my show a lot, that appear to be above the government. And so I wanted to know the, uh, the relationship between some of these think tanks, because they are funded by grants from the government, but we got... Brookings is apparently very involved. They have a whole like Trump war room over there and they have a warfare war room. You got this just security that's Weissman's group. Eisen has a bunch of groups that the king, I call him the king of the color revolution. So these guys are are outside the government, but they do seem to have a lot of um, pull and sway. And from what I'm seeing, they're writing memos on the Trump cases. They're putting them, sending them to the DOJ just to kind of help. Next thing you know, there's an indictment and you're like, well, that was just on the on the Brookings website. So how, what is the relationship between these these think tanks and, and the government? And because that is the military industrial complex as well. And I don't think a lot of people realize that a lot of this stuff is coming from above any elected official, let alone the agencies. Yeah, they're just unelected bureaucrats, unelected organizations, you know, with ties beyond the United States, the NGO right. integration. There's so many tentacles into the funding, into the relationships that they have. But the, the the playbook is the playbook. The playbook is about demoralization, which is one of the things that you conduct when you are psycho- running a psychological operation against population. And, but yeah, these, these organizations, and I mean, you could spend weeks, if not months, connecting the dots on right. all of these organizations with their their holdings, their the, these private entities that are working with the CIA. I, I brought up a, 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 a organization within the CIA called NQTEL right. uh, in the movie. Yeah. You know, this is the investment arm of the Central Intelligence Agency, right. bringing in all these big tech, you know, techno- technocracy-minded organizations, Silicon Valley. And it, you think to yourself, well, why is the CIA so fixated on on biotech stocks and biotech firms? And why are they so interested in all of the artificial intelligence platforms and things like that? It's just like, um, you know, Signal, the the, the chat app that's yeah. supposed to be encrypted point-to-point chat that we're all supposed to trust. You know, when they started running out of money, they came out and said, well, the CIA stopped funding us. The CIA is making us go bankrupt. And everybody takes a pause and says, wait a minute. The CIA was funding Signal? Well, of course they were, yeah. you know, because everybody runs and trusts this platform. It's point-to-point encrypted. They use buzzwords. And yeah. then not even realizing that this is just an intelligence ga- gathering operation. Yeah. So, so, you know, from my point of view, I'm more on the tech side of the house. I can see the intricacies of these technologies and these companies and NQTEL, how they all play a part in these things. Yeah. And in the spy agencies as well, you, we, we talk about Mainway. I don't know, you know, probably people haven't heard that term before. Mainway was the mass collection of your phone calls through three providers, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile. So there is the, what they call uh, CDR, call detail records. In a storage, in a data, one of the largest databases in, in the, on planet Earth with, I don't know how many trillions of phone calls in a platform called Mainway. And then you have Marina. Marina is the internet version of Mainway. And instead of call CDR, it is it is metadata. So it's data about the data. 
So yeah. who you're, who are you communicating to? How much are you communicating to them? How long you're communicating to them? All of these telltale signs of your private information, they have it. They have it all. And they're collecting, you know, when, when they say Trump, President Trump about wiretapping, they put it in quotations, wiretapping. Nobody's climbing telephone poles anymore. Right, and exactly. tapping right. It's just, it's just accessing the data that's already there. Right. And the way it's to work is, well, I got a FISA warrant. Okay, well, now I can go take my encryption key, unencrypt that folder and read everything you've been doing for the last year, yeah. you know, on the internet, on the phone. So, so this is the extent of the mass surveillance that is taking place. And this is what we talked about, Section 702, which was just renewed, by the way. Um, Section yeah. 702, which is warrantless mass surveillance of American citizens. And this should alarm everybody watching your show. I don't care what political affiliation right. or leaning or belief systems you have, because they have spied on everybody. Yeah. Um, anybody involved with political protesting, anybody involved with, um, you know, social justice protesting, anybody that's donated to a campaign, yes. what is your political background? What Are you a registered of this? Are you registered of that? This is proven by the Brennan Institute of the abuses of Section 702. Somebody just wanting to know about you and me, oh, this guy's talking a lot of smack, go to the system, they don't have a warrant, but yep. they have access to everything about you. And there have been abuses. And, and the only, again, person that seems to be interested in stopping this is Rand Paul. Now, he got a few people to join along with him. But Rand Paul led the effort to not renew Section 702 in its original form. Yeah. But, yeah, we can talk a lot about the technologies and how these things are inter interacting and, and the blackmail that goes on to take good people to do bad things. You know, whether you're on an island or whether you're, you know, whatever the case may be, that's yeah. how these apparatuses work. We are right now in $34 trillion worth of debt. We have geopolitical chaos everywhere. The central bank digital currency is looming. The BRICS nations have expanded beyond Saudi Arabia and continue to expand. And all I know is that many experts keep telling me that gold and silver is the best way to hedge against inflation and to protect your savings going forward. Did you know you can convert your 401k and IRA into physical gold and silver today? It can be shipped direct to your door or stored in a secure location. So go to our partners page at themelkshow.com, fill out the form, and someone from Beverly Hills Precious Metals will get in touch with you right away to help you figure out the best course for you and your family ahead. Stay secure, stay safe, and prepare now. Yeah, and it's very scary because I don't think that the people, and this is why it's really important, and of course I have a Michael out and we're good friends who, uh, Mike Smith, for the people watching, he's, uh, Brian is good friends with him as well. They have a show, Into the Light, on um, on Twitter Spaces, but he's also in the movie Into the Light, which we've highlighted on this show um, and uh, we've talked about for a long time. The scary part about all of this is that they sell it as, they sell, they're, they're getting people used to being tracked, traced, surveilled. I talk a lot of time about the Agenda 2030 and the 17 development goals. I call them the 17 goals to track, trace, surveillance, totalitarian, technocratic dystopia for humanity. But the problem is that a lot of people look at, they sell a lot of this new technology, especially the biotechnology, the, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the taking of your retina scans, your hand technology. People are doing this thinking that it's convenient. And I keep saying to people, no, no, no. Where is your data going? Who is taking that data? Because everything that you think is convenient, like putting your hand up to pay for your bill at Whole Foods, 
there's a whole bunch of people behind that that are taking your your hand scan and your fingerprints and all of that. And people, they're really selling it to people as look at how cool this is or or look at how convenient this is. It is not that. It is actually building a database of people, correct? Yes, it, it is so nefarious, the activities that are going on now. You spoke about the movie again, Into the Light, Into the Light, and and. I, it's funny because I, I'm usually behind the scenes, the guy, right? right? Yeah. And I've been thrust into the front, you know, at the request of a few people. But um, but I'm sitting here in, in studio and, my, you know, I've got all these camera people and mic operators and directors and mic sitting there. And we just start talking. But I always have, you know, my peripheral yeah. looking at people's faces. And I said, well, how deep do I want to take this? And so I started talking about the digital twin. And I remember talking about, you do realize that they have you down to a science, your psychographics built out, that they could boot you up in, into the metaverse, wearing a pair of one of these, and, and they can literally interact with you in the virtual world to get you to do whatever it is they want you to do. And I'm looking, and I, and I said, even if you died, your your loved one can go visit you beyond the grave. And I remember looking over the faces of the people and they were just like, what in the hell is this guy even talking about? Thought I was yeah. nuts, you know? Oh, and, but I, but I kept talking, I kept talking and Mike and I are having this dialogue and I flew back to Florida after, you know, the four or five hours. And uh, a couple of days later, Mike called me. He's like, you've got everybody in this studio completely, you know, scared. They're panicking. They should be and, quite honest. Yeah. Now they would, now they want you back. Please, this is why in the movie I'm wearing two shirts and I have two different haircuts. Like, like right. please come back. So I go back and like, let's continue because they did the research because they're using you know stuff in the movie and they were completely baffled. Yeah, how deep the rabbit hole goes, how nefarious the activities are of not only the swamp, the deep state. Right. but of the commercial interests of your private data as right. well. You know. Well, the deep state, honestly, from what I can see, at least what I call the fifth column running America, I think we're, we're captured by these people. There's a globalist billionaire oligarchy that I call them the Davos crew or the national banking cartel, whatever you want to call them. And they're all partners with all these companies that you're talking about. Obviously, InQtel, DARPA, NATO, all these people. Um, but the, but the, the people need to understand how far this has gone. You, but It's funny, you brought up Digital Twin. I just did a show with uh, somebody else uh, about a panel in Davos about Digital Twin Cities, which is terrifying. So basically, they have what you're saying is that they have digital twins of us, but they actually have digital twins of uh, like 45 cities, including New York City, where they can they can each zero in on a specific tree in, in Central Park that every every inch of that city they have on a on a digital map that they can touch on at any time. So it's what you're saying. So if they wanted to start a riot somewhere, all they have to do is manipulate some stuff and then go into the digital twin and they can do that. So what we're watching right now, um, I also went through, and you know a lot about this, the cognitive warfare manual from NATO that talks about the brain as a weapon and basically says in there that they can start like a Black Lives Matter uprising or the Arab Spring or any of this stuff. And so we have to kind of articulate to people that they're using your own brain as a weapon because you're giving them the access to all of your data without being, you know, your own best protector. Yeah, that's that's, you know, that's exactly it. And, and that's why Mike really, 
he'd had no intention of making this film. But as we were taught, as he talked to some of us, you know, it was like, I need to make this film and tell, you know, tell the world about this stuff. But, but yeah, they, they have it down to a science, the digital twin thing. You know, I, I it's funny. A lot of people think that I'm 95% spook and 5% whatever. But the fact of the matter is I'm only 5% of that. And 95%, I, 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 you know, spent a lot of time in the corporate world at the highest levels, right. you know, as a CEO with one of the largest companies in the world. And I was there ground zero day one of the concept of digital twins started. And it started as a way to make a more efficient building. So in other words, right. back in the day, you would make a building, you'd put air handlers in and you'd hope it'd be cool and hot based on history. Now you can actually put an air handler on a building in a specific spot with certain flow and it can say, well, it's going to cool better here. Oh, let's go a bigger unit. Boom. And it, it literally would tell you, ex like you said, exactly what you can expect if you just manipulate it a little yeah, bit. It's crazy. I was also there when they said, somebody said this in an audience. Wow. Imagine if we did marketing that way. Well, hello, they have been for 20, 30 years. <laughs> yeah. But as far as making the digital twin, it, my little brain went on and said, holy crap, this is how they're going to run psychological operations in the very, exactly. very near future. And I started talking, I was, I think, 12 years ago, talking about the future of the world where they're going to boot a version of you up because we give everything about ourselves away. Right. They can boot you up. And if they want you to drink Coke instead of Pepsi, they're going to run 100,000 commercials against your digital twin until they can get you to break and decide to drink the other, you know, soda yeah. or pop, depending on where you're at in the country, how you say that. You know, yeah. so so that's what they do. That's that that is. But now you think of MK Ultra. MK Ultra wasn't a, a guaranteed success because, you know, they were they were dealing with the human mind. But now, MK, you know, think of MK Ultra and the application of digital twins. Course, they know yeah. everything about you. What what drugs you're taking? What what you're buying? You know, yeah. your your family history. Do you have a history of psychotic episodes and right. all this stuff that's built into your digital twin? Now they can boot you. Let's say they want you to go to assassinate somebody. Now they can boot you up in the digital world in the metaverse. Let's say, and they can run scenarios until you crack, yeah. until you pick up that gun. And that's the reality of what we're dealing with. And, and I call it sixth generation warfare. I always say, no, no offense, General Boone, but this we're in the sixth generation of warfare right. where now this is automated. Yeah. All a person has to do is say, this is the desired output. And I don't care who does it. And I don't care how it happens. This is the desired output. And you've got AI, artificial intelligence, coming up with scenarios, choosing the people based on their psychographics who needs to do this coming up with the messaging the information that they're going to blast as you're watching tv listening to the radio scrolling on social media you're going to get that information that can make you snap and yeah. that's exactly the way it is now seventh generation i say that's when ai decides what it right. wants well, i mean that's that's what we're do. yeah that's like and what's so crazy is uh, you're you're a little younger than me but remember when we were kids there was a movie war games and i mean in oh, yeah. the 80s and they were it was a it was a computer that was running a simulation that they thought was real and it was going to war with russia and everyone was like or or you know even even closer than that how about ready player one or um or uh, minority report is real like so people have to understand that they are 
that no, because I want to talk about opting out of it as much as you can, because it's very difficult. Yeah. And what I've when I've looked really deeply into this, I, what the things that scared me the most that I read about all of this happened to be in the innovation. I um the uh, iHub Innovation Center in uh, I think it's in Langley, but it's definitely in Virginia. That's NATO's uh, mind control. It seems their cognitive warfare base, which isn't run by a U.S. Uh, you know general either. It's actually a French yeah. uh, general. But um, when you read into that. You read about a lot. First of all, China brags about their super soldiers. This tells you all about this. But what what this talks about is what you're just talking about with, which is the weapon of the future is the human mind and that it can be used with individuals or with a group or with all of this. So then during COVID, all that's happening. And then um, when I was really looking into it, some of the some of the technology in the uh, infrastructure bill that Obama O'Biden, I call him, O'Biden put out there not too long ago since he was in office and a lot of the executive orders about biotech and other things. And then I cross-reference them. And a lot of them are partners of the World Economic Forum and the Fourth Industrial Revolution. How much is this? Because to me, what I feel like they're creating with all this different technology and then the 15-minute city, which is along with what we're talking about before, is is that they're building a, a digital worldwide, like, Gulag, like a, a a track and trace surveillance, social credit score. Everyone's in. You need. They're all pushing, obviously, uh, 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 Gates and everyone. They were trying it during the COVID, but it's a long game. Pushing a digital bio, worldwide global ID, uh, central bank digital currency. That they're building a basically a, a digital prison camp that we're all supposed to live in. And I guess these elite billionaire globalists, the, they'll run it from somewhere. How far along are they in this plan? Because it's obvious that's what the goal is. Yeah, I mean they've they've taken over education, right? With Google, right. I, I say it often. Google, Google in the classroom, CNN in the classroom, like that was the that was the ramp landing on their beach, yeah. you know. And um, so, so I think the younger generation is 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 um, unfortunately. Yeah. really, you know, bought into the whole convenience of this global technical, you know, they accept it. They accept, it. they don't see the dangers of TikTok. They don't see the dangers of these things. And um, so I, I, it's a difficult thing to really know where we're at. But, you know, Harari says, it, I mean, he says it best, right? Like General Flynn said in the movie, listen to them. Don't listen to us. They're know, saying these too. things. Yeah. And like, we're hackable animals. You know, that's where we start talking about what he's talking about is the digital twin. We're hackable animals because now they can break us. And and our children have given so much information at a young age to these to these things. Their psychographics are there. So they're, you know, it's it's a really difficult thing to talk about because it's very depressing, number one. And I'm not trying to add to the depression, but but um you know, we're we're on the verge of a lot of things changing for the world in, the, in our country. And it's not even in just in the realm of the dollar crashing and the digital currencies and stuff like that. God bless Trump, you know, for for trying to stand against these things. But one thing that history has taught us is when these in industrial revolutions take place, they don't stop. There's right. no you know, we can't stop autonomous vehicles. We can't stop um these technological advances and you know when you talk about like we talk about truck drivers a lot i believe in the next 10 years we're going to see more autonomous semi trucks delivering goods than human beings and 
Then we have to talk about displacement of one of the largest employers in a certain age group in our yeah. country. And I, I remember hearing Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson talking about this. And I hate to agree in a way with Ben Shapiro, but Tucker was like, well, we can't allow that to happen. We got to stop that. And the question is, is like, well, how do you do that if you remain competitive on a global scale? You know, yeah. like Chinese are not going to stop automating their weapons, their, their commerce, their manufacturing. They're not going to stop. So how do we as Americans really without without closing our walls and saying, you know what, we got everything we need here and going straight Americana. I, you know, it's very difficult for me to see a way out of this versus trying to figure out, you know, how do we deal with this pending stuff and making it the best way we can to, to have our children and our children's children live a somewhat normal life. Yeah. But you know, I hate to say it, but um, in a way, Klaus Schwab was like the, the good old days are gone. And in a way, they are gone. That ship has sailed. And and for better or worse, that's where I'm always struggling with people asking me questions. Well, how do we stop the Terminator? And I usually laugh and say, well, how did they stop it in the movie? We build your own Terminator. Right. You know, have your own Terminator. And at the end of the day, it's like, that's where we're at. It's like, well, we have to have competing things, economies, competing technologies, yeah. you know, um, uh, well, the people so running our country right now, though, because I believe that we are captured by this globalist billionaire oligarchy that I, I lay out in my in my speeches and in my slides and stuff. And I, I really can identify who they are. Um, we know a lot of them, but they are, they have captured our nation. The scariest part is that uh, to me, the most powerful person in America right now is Larry Fink, who also happens to be on the board of the World Economic Forum, also on the board of the Council of Foreign Relations, also the only financial firm able to freely, apparently, conduct business in Chinese communist uh, China, communist China. So we have a lot of that. We have the open border. We have uh, a terrible foreign policy where the rest of the world no longer trusts us. They're, uh, you know, de de demoralizing us from the inside and outside. We had these crazy Trump rulings this week, which I keep telling people, this isn't about Trump. This is about the people that believe in national sovereignty, in America's greatness, in our history, in our potential, in our future, in our borders. They, they, This is a problem for these people. So who benefits from the controlled demolition, as I call it, of America and this kind of hooking us all up to this, uh, you know, my processor, this kind of worldwide, like from your point of view, because obviously the Biden regime and a lot of those executive orders really kicked in Agenda 2030, which is one of my big topics. So to me, who who do you think is is who should we be looking at? I mean, we, we how do we opt out or at least take our uh tell people what is going on in a way that they can at least do certain things to kind of stem the the, the threat. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it all, it all goes down to who's in office in, in, in the United States. And I hate to be so analog about it sometimes, but the election, it all comes down to, you know, if I'm, if I'm painting the face on an enemy, it's George Soros, hands down to me, George Soros and open border initiatives and open societies yeah. and these these NGOs like it's meant because you can't have globalism as long as you have nationalism right exactly and as long as you have trump national nationalists america first patriots honestly the america first patriots are the last line of I agree. you know greatness in this entire planet on planet earth yeah. and there are a lot of great people out there around the country but i hate to say their countries are gone and you can look to the UK as an example, but 
the America first MAGA, you know, crowd. We're the last line. I mean, it's like it's like uh, the the Alamo. We're the yeah. Alamo. Yeah, and, I've been saying and, that too. Yeah, I so, mean, because so Trump really, was. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying what you were talking about with the the rulings. That was to demoralize us, to tell us, hey, MAGA people, look what we can do to your guy, to your leader. We can do that to you too. And they, in in a lot of ways, they do that to a lot of people. You know, um, so so that's that's really what this comes down to, and why Biden's there in um, Pennsylvania with a red backdrop with the Marines saying MAGA Republicans are you know don't like are against the Constitution. MAGA Republicans are a threat to our democracy. MAGA Republicans, very specific terms. We are the Alamo for the world, and we have to do it. I mean. What do we need to do? It's to get, I, I hate to say, get involved in the election process. Get involved see with the See Something, Say Something initiatives. Get involved in every local action, national impact. Getting involved locally to do what we got to do to stop the stealing of the 2024 election because they are going to pull out. They think 2020 was a deal. Wait until you, I mean, what's going to happen in November of this year? I can only imagine, only imagine, but we all need to be all now. our asses now. Now, like, okay, I, I don't want like, that's fight. what I keep telling people now because what you're talking about is very important, and I tell people to do this. There are certain groups that you can identify, open society being one of them, um, crew being one of them, democracy alliance. They all claim to be protecting democracy. But if you go yeah. look at their get out to vote stuff, what I really read there when I'm reading all this, because I read a lot of their websites and papers, I'm one of the big people that says go look at their own stuff. They don't believe any American deserves to vote. They don't care about Democrats or Republicans. They truly, the people that are, the billionaire oligarchy that I say are running this country, they don't think any American citizen should have a vote at all. So anyone yeah. that believes that these are get out the vote or because of marginalized voters or no, no, no. If you read what they're saying, they truly believe that this this elitist class that they are they feel they're a part of are like they run the country and we're just lucky to live here. And I think if more people understood that it's not left and right, it's not Republican and Democrat. It's really this this group of people that are post-America. I, I've been saying what you're saying a lot. You know, Trump was saying they're not after me. They're after you and I'm in the way. I've been saying they're not after America. They're after the world. And America is in the way. So the American yeah. patriot is is should really start to, like you're saying, dig inside and realize you're fighting for everyone. You're fighting for freedom. And I, I just think people have to understand the stakes of 2024, in my opinion, are between globalism and nationalism, freedom and being enslaved in this digital global gulag. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts on 2024 and the stakes for this country and uh, what people should be focusing on? From our farms to your family, all organic protein, fruits, vegetables, gut health, immune support, and so much more. We have products for weight loss and collagen and muscle building, products for children, athletic performance, and 30-day programs for just $12 a day. You can save $50 on your first purchase of $75 or more with the code MELKWELLNESS. Go to the MELKSHOW.com partners page and check out MELK Superfoods today. Well, I don't, number one, I don't think anybody's going to accept Joe Biden, if he is the candidate, is going to hit 81 million again. But that's what they're going to try They'll to try. convince us. Right. They're going to try to convince us that it happened again. Exactly. Um, you know, I, 
it, I was in a conversation today about, you know, I'm a, I'm an independent, I'm the guy who, yeah, I can afford the first class ticket on the Titanic, but I want to go dance on the tables down below in the engine room, you know, like, like those people, the people I'm, I, if I was, if I was a, a, a progressive, you know, liberal socialist, I could go to any number of groups and say, right. listen, I've got an idea that can help us really steal the election or do right. whatever. You can have a dozen people give you $10 million oh, yeah. like that, like that, you know, and those people giving that money, they have no expectation of anything except make it happen, right. make it happen on our side of the aisle. And I say our side, I'm not, a, I'm not a Republican, but like you go to these conservative people, whether it's an oil and gas and you say, listen, these people have a great nonprofit that is going to get out the vote, knock on doors, yep. cross this country, great ideas. And you can't get, the, okay, well, like, how do, what do I get out of it? That's the conversation you have with these people. Well, well what percentage do I have? And you're looking at them like, are you, are you just stupid? Yeah. Do you not understand big oil, big oil? Like, what do you think is going to happen to your, to your fortune, to your, to your status once they take control of this climate initiative and yeah. forcing everybody into electricity, you know, driven cars, like, and you're looking at these people you are like, okay, enough said. You they go don't to the believe next it. One. They don't believe it's going to come for them. And it they totally is. It. And and they what you're saying is it. so important for people to understand, which is the billionaire globalists on the left, I believe are already invested in global governance and mind, body, spirit, their, their finances, their future. The controlled demolition of America benefits them. So they'll yes. put in $10 million into all these different groups and they'll have pop-ups indivisible everywhere. That On the right, you go to people, and I've had this thing, I've had this conversation with General Flynn and other people as well. And you go to the billionaires and the people there and they're like, it doesn't really benefit them in their minds because they don't mm -hmm. think it's coming for them. And, and it is. And because all you have to do is look at Mao's China or Hitler's Germany or the Bolshevik Revolution or all the way back. And that is a big problem on our side. That's why we do so much grassroots work and it's so hard. On the other side, they they're funding the controlled demolition of America. On the, on our side, the, the billionaire class is looking at it and thinking, and I'm in, I'm in the middle too, but are looking at all of this and thinking, well, I don't see how it affects me directly, and or it doesn't benefit me. It doesn't make me money, and and yes. this, we really have to push that that back to them because we do need that their support. We do need their support. And somebody was talking about how there's like no Trump yard signs. And it's like, well, yeah, well, you know, why don't you go ask Ronald McDaniel, you know, about the, no. the lavish lifestyle, of the RNC, the, oh. the rich and famous. Why don't, you know, back when they raised hundreds of millions of dollars on election integrity, and I'm sitting in I Maricopa County with uh, cyber ninjas, Doug Logan, saying, curious, I keep getting these phone calls from these Republicans about raising money for election integrity. How much money are they giving you? And he's like, nothing. Right. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Like, like this is what they're making their hundreds of millions of dollars on. Where is that money going? Like, it makes no sense to me. The only growth that they can brag about is because of Donald Trump, because yep. of President Trump, because they see what the left is doing to this country. Don't, don't clap your hands that you've done like Florida. We have more registered Republicans, Kentucky, more registered Republicans, first time in their history. And they're clapping. Look what we did. You did none of that. You've done none of that. That is people seeing what's going on with their country. Now, imagine if you could fund these, like these Scott Presslers of the world or whoever's right. going yeah, out sure. there, beating right. the street with hundreds of thousands of volunteers. We are getting our asses handed to us on the ground, the ground and pound of this country. 
And, and it just blows my mind that the Republicans don't seem to care. The, 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 these two tycoons in the oil industry or whatever industry in America don't see a threat. They don't really seem to be bothered by it. And I'm sitting there thinking 87,000 IRS agents right, exactly. on steroids. Do they yeah. not know the history of what's coming? And I'll tell you something about what you're saying here is that I read that uh, IRS bill and the scarier part about the IRS bill than the 87,000 armed agents is the amount of AI and technology and ledger technology in there too, because you want to call yeah. somebody that you're, you're not, you can't call somebody. They're not even going to have middlemen anymore. They're going to pull, pull your taxes right out of your bank account without anyone in, in between. You're not going to be able to write things off. This is where yep. they're headed. And and this only we can stop it if we can get somebody in there to put, uh, you know, sand in the wheels. And that's really got to be the goal right now. And that's what I see 2024. Uh, Brian Gamble, you're amazing. You do a show every week with uh, with my good friend, Mike Smith. So tell people about that, where they can find you, how they can follow you, all that great stuff. Yeah. So after Into the Into the Light, the movie, we we screened it with the general, General Flynn. And he's like, man, that movie is great. Like, so what are you guys doing now to... And we were like, look at it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You never go to the general with just a problem, right? We just said, here's the problem. So Mike and I, Mike has been working on a platform, a co-op, if you yeah, would. I love it. That you probably heard about this. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's going to change so much stuff. And we're in, this is a very busy week for us to try to right. make this a reality for the country. Great. But on the flip side of that, we said, beyond that, I joined them as a tech Tech uh, as a CIO and a right. chief operating officer for the organization. Right. And now, but we have to have like a show to talk about the things in the movie and stuff like that. So we created an Into the Fights uh, series that happens every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Twitter. And we bring people in that are doing the knocking on the you know, the boots on the ground. And, hey, everybody asks us at the events, how do we get involved? How do we help out? How do we do that? So we bring people in from all different ways to help out, to get into the fight, right? Into the light, into the fight. We thought it was a catchy yeah, little like thing. So, so now when people show up, we're like, all right, here's my good friend, Ricky Schroeder. He's, yeah. he's got this initiative. You know, if, you want, if that's speaking to you. Get in touch with them through this mechanism and you can work with his organization. So that's really what we're doing Great. with our show, 8 p.m. Eastern time on X. You know, we, we, uh, I think, I don't, I'm not sure if we're going to have time this week because, again, this is a very important week for our cooperative. Yeah. But, um, but, um, we'll see. We've got a lot of great guests that want to be on. We cool. just got to, you know, balance our work, you know, time life with that. So, um, but yeah, Great. that's how you can find it. Great. Okay. So into the fight Wednesday nights on X. I've been there a couple times. I'm very good friends with Mike Smith and, uh, and I'm very excited for you guys. I've been hearing about the co-op now for three years and it's going to be a big, big deal. So very excited that you're on board with that. I know Mike's thrilled to have you on board. So lots of great things upcoming. Thank you so much, Brian Gamble, for being here. We'll share your info below so people can follow you and uh, everyone will check you out on X on Wednesday nights and everyone make sure that you subscribe uh, to the Mel K show, to follow Brian, follow everyone that you like that is giving you honest information that is empowering you with the truth because we don't know what's coming in censorship. They don't like us diverting ourselves from their narrative and telling people the truth. So stay in touch with both of us and make sure that you show up next Wednesday on, uh, on X uh, into the fight. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Did you know that there are more than 60,000 known chemicals in tap water? and the EPA only tests for 91 of them? This is why we're so grateful that we partnered with Healthy Hydration. 
They offer whole home water filtration, shower filters, under-the-counter pre-filters, molecular hydrogen water machines, hydrogen water bottles, and so much more for a healthier home and family. So go to themelkshow.com and click on our partners page and check out Healthy Hydration and everything they have in store for your health and wellness today. It's that time of year again. People are getting sick. They're getting the flu. They're getting the cold. They're getting all different kinds of things. And I have always been very grateful for my friendship with Dr. Zelenko, Dr. Z. And though he's not with us anymore and I miss him every day, he has left behind the best remedy to me for anything that ails you. And that is Z-Stack from Dr. Zelenko. There's Z-Flu, Z-Stack, and Z-Kids. There's also many other products there. It's all about naturally boosting your immune health and fighting anything that comes your way. Dr. Stelenko was ahead of his time. He is out there fighting for us still to this day, and he's left behind the best gift. The gift is your health. So go to melkdrz.com, or you can go to my partner's page at themelkshow.com, click Dr. Z or Z-Stack. Better health for us all awaits. Thank you, Dr. Zelenko. Thank you.